Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. News Radio 840 WHAS welcomes you to Jim Strader Outdoors, the area's leading authority on hunting and fishing. Jim Strader Outdoors is brought to you by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. For the outdoor home of your dreams, call Paul Thomas at 270-524-1980. Gary Roman's Firearm Service Center. Linden Animal Clinic, your pet's best friend. Sportsman's Taxidermy. Visit them at sportsmanstaxidermy.com. A.M. Roth Heating and Cooling, a family-owned business with over 100 years' experience in the Louisville area. Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Check Jim and his team on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions. And SMI Marine, getting your boat back on the water in no time. To join in on the conversation, call us at 571-8484 inside Louisville. 1-800-444-8484 outside of the Metro and pound 840 for Verizon wireless callers. Now, sit back and relax and enjoy the next two hours of Jim Strader Outdoors. We came from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western skies. I've got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. We can skin a buck and run a trot line, and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Good evening, everyone. Jim Strader here in the studio for a mid-July edition of Jim Strader Outdoors. We hope you've been able to enjoy the outdoors in the last little bit here where we're finally out from under thunder, lightning, and rain day after day as we had been up till now. Ironically, things are gotten pretty dry in a rapid fashion, so we'll see what uh, this... uh, Tropical storm slash hurricane will bring our way here as we move through the week. Um, I want to do some wildlife notes, and then I want to announce a special guest on the program here as we move into the second portion of the beginning of the show. I want to give out some wildlife notes and fish notes that are, I think, kind of reach your ears in a good way. First is I'm finally hearing from folks that are starting to see turkey poults. Uh, as we mentioned, we've had some concerns, and there are lots of hens out there that do not have poults with them, traveling around in loose groups, and there's no doubt been some losses. But in the last couple of weeks, I've got reports from around the state of everything from little ones about the size of a sparrow to Poults the size of a half-grown chicken. 
and uh, the numbers are pretty good. And so I'll keep you abreast of that, but I promised I would give an update as soon as these pults start to appear out in the cut hay fields and what have you where they come to obtain the insects that really bolster their growth and get them ready to head into fall and winter with good body weight. So uh, there is some reproduction. It's undoubtedly somewhat limited by the inclement conditions that existed throughout most of the nesting cycle, but there's good news that there are birds and that subsequent nesting did occur. So we'll know even more about that as we move into August when all these birds are big enough to be mobile and, and are going to be more evident in the fields. Uh, seeing lots of fawns out there, some singles. I'm seeing a lot of those without fawns. Uh, I'm suspicious in most of those cases. Coyotes were part of that equation, but uh, that's Mother Nature and what she does. So uh, we'll keep you abreast of that as well, but it looks like Deer reproduction was pretty darn good. Rabbits are a mixed bag, but they're doing pretty well, too. So those are some of the things I did want to talk about a bit. Quail have continued to whistle and look for mates. Uh, There was inclement weather during their normal start of their uh, breeding cycle, but as we move forward, things have kind of been a little better, so we'll keep you abreast of that as well. On the fishing side of things, things have gotten back to a little more like normal. Uh, hybrid stripers, uh, striper fishing is good. Black bass fishing is good for this part of the summer. It's settled into the summer pattern, obviously. We've gotten very, very hot, and uh, we'll probably continue to stay that way for some time. But uh, the lakes have been drawn back down or in the process of drawing and that's put bait fish on the move. And when bait fish are on the move, the predators are after them and have good opportunity to prey on them and fatten up. So uh, that seems to be the situation on, on that side of the fence. Catfish fishing's good. Uh, getting some good reports just all the way around. Night fishing for crappie has been good. So things have settled down a bit, and we're going to Go into the summer pattern, I think, on, on a note where it'll be a little more like what we would expect at this time of year because Lord knows we've had a mixed bag of cats, if you will, on uh, high water and, and uh, frequent thunder and lightning storms. Uh, I have fished around the region a good bit in the last two weeks trying to catch up on it, so some of those reports are firsthand, and a bunch of them are coming from uh, folks that I network with that, fish a lot, and they're very pleased with what they're seeing as well. So I did want to pass those along. Uh, coming back from break, we're going to have Fish and Wildlife Commissioner Rich Storm on the program to talk about the fish kill on the Kentucky River. Obviously, that's a very hot topic uh, because it was a very extensive kill uh, that stretched – way down river, and we'll talk about that with the commissioner when he's on. Uh, They are doing assessments as we speak, in other words, compiling the data. They've done a yeoman's task getting out there and doing the fish surveys and doing the counts. It's a mind-boggling project, actually, and there's been a lot of folks from the fisheries division that 
have put in lots of extra hours and done everything they could to assess the damage and and um, obviously it's going to take some time to compile all that data but uh, the commissioners agreed to come on tonight and I'm very grateful for that so we'll give you the best update we can at this point in time and talk a little bit about the extent of the kill the portions of the river it affected uh, the commissioner was there on hand, Johnny on the spot, as his crews were. They were the first to arrive when they got the news. They were prepared to do the assessment, and hopefully all this will get us down the road to a better future for the river in terms of what uh, we need to do to bring it back because obviously it sustained a lot of damage, and the Kentucky River is one of the major drainages in the state and had a lot of good fish in it. And unfortunately, a lot of them bit the bullet with this uh, tremendous spill of bourbon. So we'll be back right after the break to talk about all this. And the break is presented by my friends at SMI Marine, 11400 Westport Road, just north of the Gene Snyder. Tim Addington and his staff are there on call all days of the week, ready to take your boat, assess it, repair it, or to sell you a new boat or to take a trade-in. To that point, they've got a lot of trade-in boats on sale right now. Great value on these boats. Go see them. Tell them I sent you. And remember, you never get soaked at SMI Marine. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. And as promised, we have fish and wildlife Commissioner Rich Storm on the program with us this evening. We're here to talk about the massive fish kill on the Kentucky River. Rich, thank you so much for being on the program. I know this is a hot topic, and you all, quite frankly, have done a yeoman's task of getting your heads around it and doing the assessment. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to come on and give folks an overview. Uh, As I explained in my opening monologue, it's going to take some time for y'all to do the full assessment, but since you were hands-on, as it will, uh, I'd like you to talk about some of the fish that you all have observed and some overall observations. Okay, Jim, and and thank you for uh, the introduction. Um, With this unfortunate fish kill, we we have two chief functions uh, that we are responsible for with the department. Number one... um, to assess the fish loss, um, come up with a valuation and do a thorough investigation. This uh, this value is species specific and size specific. Um, our second function is to determine the overall cost to the Department of Fish and Wildlife, the equipment use, and the travel. And last week when I was on the Kentucky River, I was near Carrollton. And I observed several different um, different fish that uh, uh, had uh, succumbed to this uh, issue. And I saw drum. Uh, we saw a number of different types of carp, uh, crappie and bass, uh, several catfish, and including a number of uh, trophy catfish, 20-plus-year-old uh, catfish. Uh, even saw a muskie. And... Uh, we even saw, to my surprise, some some eels on the water, and, and I, I wasn't sure we had uh, eels in Kentucky, but that was just something uh, that was interesting. But, but it's a really unfortunate circumstance 
that that happened and uh our department uh fortunately for us they've been through this before and they were very prepared i talked to the uh energy and environment cabinet uh, secretary snavely these folks were very complimentary uh for our staff uh, i asked if there was anything that they thought that we should be doing that we weren't doing and they said absolutely not so uh I'm, I'm really thankful for our staff, um, and namely, I, w- I do want to point out a few, a few of our staff, uh, Mike Harden and uh, Doug Dawson and Jeff Crosby. These are these guys have a number of years' experience, more than 50 years to their credit, and uh, they've made us look pretty good through this process. Very good, sir. Well, let me, if, if you don't mind, Rich, I want to give people kind of an uh, overview and you pile in here wherever you would like to. Uh, there, this was a, a very huge spill. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it, to put it in perspective, it's, my understanding it was around 45,000 barrels of whiskey. And while that is a big number, to really get your head around it, uh, barrels have 53 gallons in them. So in terms of gallons, it was 2,385,000 gallons of whiskey dumped in that river. So it's not hard to see uh, how it would have such an adverse effect on the river. And it occurred between locks four and five uh, on the river. Lock four is at mile 65, and lock five is at mile 82. And, I, Rich, I don't have the exact, and you probably don't either, but I'd say it's right around 70 miles of the river, give or take, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think it's actually just a little less than, than 70, and there were uh, fish observed on the uh, Ohio River. So, um, you know, that, that's pretty significant. But but when we were on the water, I, I thought it was really interesting, to, uh, you know, just the things that I saw. We, we saw a lot of fish that weren't necessarily just on the side and on the banks. They were floating down the main channel. So it's very difficult to count moving fish and our field biologists, again, they, they have been through this before, and, and what they do, they go out on the banks and uh, they they tie strings to trees, and they measure in 528-feet segments, and uh, they simply count the fish, and uh, they count the fish, and they also count the fish size. So this is a very complex process, and, and frankly, that's the reason why we don't we don't have a number today, because we're, we're still compiling this list, but... We were on the water from uh, July 5 through the 8th, um, and uh, these total assessments will, will be complete in, in a few weeks, and uh, we're going to coordinate with uh, EEC and, and just try to determine uh, what our next steps are going to be. I see. Well, you know, there's some things that uh, I think probably we ought to talk about a little bit. There's been a number of major spills by the bourbon industry into that Kentucky River in the last 20 years. Um, there's just, you had, uh, going back in time, you had the Heaven Hill fire in 1996. And that one, one warehouse caught fire and the the burning bourbon spread to others. And it was like a lava flow going into the river. In May of 2000, we had the wild turkey fire, which was unknown origin. The prevalent thinking was it might have been lightning, but it was never really 
determined. And that one uh, was a huge kill because it occurred at low water flow. I know you and I discussed this uh, prior to the broadcast, and, and that one went on for a number of days, did it not? Yeah, it was 17 days, uh, again, going back to some of our senior staff, and uh, 17 days due to low water conditions. And uh, if we were fortunate in this incident, we have had a lot of rain, and uh, so this did move the uh, the water quickly. And so we probably had somewhere between a four- to five-day fish kill. Um, and, and, again, there's not many things to be uh, happy about in terms of what did happen, but uh, it certainly could have been much worse. Uh, with uh, with that much uh, alcohol involved, and uh, the the effect on fish actually, it, it's uh, not the toxicity or the alcohol that causes the the fish to die. It, it creates an anaerobic environment where it, it's like a pond turnover, and so uh, these fish quickly started to come to the top. And we act, we observed fish swimming in uh, over the dam, uh, even. Uh, crawl beds, crawling banks, and so uh, it's just really interesting to see the uh, active survival that the that the fish had. Yes, um, and and we are currently again assessing these circumstances, and I want to encourage uh, all of our stakeholders to uh, communicate with us if they have any questions. Uh, they can reach us via Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we've got a number of means. That you can reach out to us, you can call us. You can go to our website at fw.ky.gov, and uh, we're we're available all the time. Yes, sir. And then we had another fire, a beam fire, uh, in the early two thousands. Then Barton Distilleries had a collapse at their facility, and uh, that put a lot of whiskey in the waterways. And then, of course, we've got this one. Uh, I guess. And I'd like to discuss this with you after the news break, if you don't mind staying on with us. You know, it's a shame these things have to happen, and there have been some things done to try to mitigate these type of situations. And I've reached out to some folks in the bourbon industry and talked to them about it. So I'd like to, if you could, Rich, stay on with us, and we'll talk a little bit about that and and uh, kind of wrap up what we can share with folks about this latest kill. Okay. All right, brother. One of the things that uh, I want to say going into break, these type of things in some ways are very, very difficult to prevent in that lightning does very odd things. Um, And whiskey obviously is a volatile substance, but I guess from my perspective, the bottom line and I'm speaking for myself here, is that everything that can be done to prevent the pollution of our waters needs to be done. Uh, If Mother Nature does something freakish, we all understand that that's why you call it an accident. But on the other hand, because of the danger that it poses and the number of kills that we've had in this last 20 years, I think it's time that... that, uh, Everything that can be done is done because, after all, the industry makes its living out of our waterways, and we're grateful to have them here. And in most cases, they're great corporate citizens. So uh, no one's probably sadder than the folks at Jim Beam that this happened because, believe me, they got to deal with a whole lot of headaches when it does. 
So we'll talk about that a little bit after the break. The break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. Paul Thomas is the broker there. All kind of wildlife management properties and farms for sale. Vacation cabins on creeks. Go to mopharrealty.com, and I guarantee you'll be able to find the type of outdoor property that you're looking for. If you're not, Paul will go find it for you. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. If you're just joining us, I have Fish and Wildlife Commissioner Rich Storm on the line. We're talking about the fish kill on the Kentucky River. Rich, I'd like to pick up there uh, where we left off, and then I do have a couple more things I'd like you to talk about. Um, let's. I guess let's do them first. Uh, how do they go about assessing the value of fish in a nutshell? I know that's a complicated answer, but can you just give us kind of an idea how they go about doing that? Yeah, we have a guide, and obviously, Jim, I'm not a fisheries biologist, uh, but we have a, basically a North American guide that we use, and we can assess the value of, of fish relative to size and height, um, as well as muscles, which, which is part of this guide. And uh, I've got uh, some information that I can share with you if you want to share that with the listeners. Sure. Um, it's uh, it's very complicated, but, it, again, our, our staff is uh, – very capable and competent and reliable, and and I just I, I really trust them to uh, get this job done, and and uh, I'm uh, I'm just anxious to see what uh, what we what we do here in the upcoming days. Okay, well, uh, you know, there's some things about that stretch of river that are unique, and part of that may be a, if you don't mind my saying so, a silver lining in the cloud in that. Some of the creeks that fish that uh, feed that river, some of those streams, those feeder streams, um, I've fished most of them. I fished, uh, for example, uh, oh gosh, well, obviously Elkhorn's one of the main ones. Uh, you've got Severn Creek, you've got Cedar Creek, you've got uh, Severn Creek, uh, Six Mile. There's there's just a number of pretty good fisheries up in that section that receive fish from the Kentucky River early in the spring when they do that run-up into the tributaries. And those are kind of nurseries, if you will, for the river. And so those will be a factor, albeit small perhaps, but they're pretty good fisheries that will contribute to the repopulation in, in a way that, we hope helps give it a boost, if you will. Um, well, and, and to that point, that's a, that's a really good point. We noticed a number of fish that had basically went on retreat into those tributaries, you know, in an effort to survive. And uh, we saw a number of fish, especially when we got off the main channel, that had survived. So if there is a silver lining or a positive, we, we, we noticed that visually. So I'm, I'm sure that that happened on a large scale. Yes, yes. Now, Rich, one of the things I wanted to talk about, and I'm going to use Wild Turkey Distillery as an example because I've done some work with them in the past. Uh, they were a sponsor of the program. I know a lot of folks over there. And they're, I think, a model for what perhaps can be done to help prevent these type of massive fish kills, given that 
the industry, again, takes their livelihood from our public waters. And what wild turkey did after that 2000 spill that they had, their fire that caused the spill, I guess I should say, they built berms around all of their warehouses uh, as to serve as, as retention uh, type of berms to mitigate whatever would happen if there was a fire and a, and a major spill as a result of a fire. And they also, they had, they had two warehouses uh, right there on the Salt River that where they couldn't build a berm, and they manned it up, if you will, and took all those barrels out of those two warehouses and put them in the ones where there was the other type of protection, which obviously was a costly measure, but as good corporate citizens, I think they realized that doing things like that, it's good public relations for the company, but most importantly, it's good corporate citizenship. And I would hope that the industry at large, having seen the results of these types of of fires and spills, will do everything they can to mitigate this because it, it it's it's a bad situation. I mean, you can't you know you can't put a shine on it because it, it's a really serious kill and it it killed a large part of that river and that river's. Very unique to your point. There's muskie in there, crappie, bluegill, all three species of bass, stripers, hybrids, you name it. You know, sauger, walleye. I mean, it was a major fishery and one that I've enjoyed very much in the past. And and uh, breaks your heart to see it. I'm sure you had the, the same sentiment when you saw those dead fish. Yeah, the the scale of this dam was much larger than than what I anticipated. And, um, again, I think any time you go through adversity, um, you, you try to learn from your mistakes. And, and I think if uh, we can we can get some good PR out there through this process, maybe some of these distilleries will, um, you know, take this initiative to try to avoid this. But uh, that, that's the thing. I think if there's one goal to sum this whole thing up is that um, we try to avoid this in the future. Obviously, that's not uh, – um, the department's uh, responsibility to do that, but uh, your listeners, you can contact your legislature. Uh, you, you can, uh, um, you know, you can you can go talk to these companies. They do bur- bourbon tours all the time, and uh, I think uh, just public outreach will probably help uh, remedy this process. Well, I, I think so too, and and I, and I think it's only fair to say that. At large, the bourbon industry is, is a very, very good thing for the state of Kentucky. We're the bourbon capital, and they are very good corporate citizens that do a lot of great things throughout the communities and, and uh, tourist destinations. You know, there's a lot of things that goes along with that industry. So no one, I think, is is more sorry to see something like this happen than they are. But, again... I just hope everything they can do will be done to help try to control or mitigate these type of things when they do happen. They can't help a a lightning strike, but there are, in today's technological world, ways to upgrade, if you will, and get past perhaps, 
you know, the lower end of fire code to go to the higher end, if you will, uh, to be able to say, you know what, we have done everything we can do to stop this type of spill from uh, destroying a fishery the way this one has. And that's uh, luckily Mother Nature will heal. You know, she she hates a void, I always like to say, and, and she'll fill it. And, you know, flooding from the Ohio River in the springs and what have you allows fish to navigate. And there is a lot of river above where that spill occurred that has good game fish in it. And they'll no doubt find their way down. But for the meantime, it's it's a serious kill. And I'll be looking forward to your all's assessment and, and what you think it might show. So is sure. there well, uh, and, and in the near future, we'll, we'll probably uh, send out a press release and let the public know uh, the future processes and uh, uh, while I am on here, Jim, I, I'd certainly like to uh, thank our license holders. Uh, they help us uh, to achieve our conservation efforts. Um, a number of great partners that we have with the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Um, again, our great staff that we have. And, and I think oftentimes we forget a, about a really important faction, or we certainly don't mention it enough, but our landowners, uh, that's... 95% of our, our commonwealth, and this 95%, they, they plant food plots, they uh, manage their lands to enhance uh, fish and wildlife, and so our landowners are just uh, a key ingredient for us to be successful, and I think uh, we have a lot to be proud of uh, in Kentucky, and we have uh, a, a great deal to be thankful for. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt, and of course... Again, to speak to this spill and what it affected it, you know, that those section of river runs through Woodford and Anderson, Franklin, Henry, Owen, you know, all the way down to the Ohio River. And uh, that's a lot. That's a big waterway. So it, 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 it is. It, it is. And I hope uh, the public understands that uh, this is going to be a process and we are going to. Uh, continue to assess this, not just in weeks to come, but months and, and probably even years uh, to assess what we can do to enhance this fishery. And uh, we are fortunate that we do have a lot of feeders to uh, uh, just to build this fishery back up. And as uh, unfortunate as it is, I hope we learn something positive and uh, we can try to avoid this in the future. Well, I, I'm glad you all are on it and from our standpoint, many, many kudos to your staff. I think it's very fortunate that you've got guys there that have been there a while and knew how to handle this. And by all accounts that I get out of the industry and from other cabinets, you all have done a great job. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to explain what you're doing and how you're doing it and would love to have you back on when you all get your heads around it. Well, we'll do that. I'm coming to you both from the cab of the tractor, and my dad and I are bailing some hay, and uh, we'll certainly keep you some updates. But uh, uh, appreciate the opportunity to explain this process, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, Rich. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. All right, folks, All right. we got to go to break here. This break is presented by SMI Marine. Got lots of used boats for sale over there right now, folks. Some great deals on some pontoons. And obviously new boats for sale, and they'll be glad to get you in and take care of any problems you have. Because remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI Marine. 
And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. The numbers tonight, as usual, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. And let's go to George. George, you're up first tonight. Welcome aboard, sir. What have you got? Yeah, how you doing, Jim? I'm doing fine, sir. I enjoy your program and have for many years. And I think you're—I uh, know bourbon is a uh, top crop in the uh, state of Kentucky, but I believe everyone's just sort of dancing around the truth. That bourbon spill and fill fish kill uh, ought to be an example to uh, human beings what happens when we have too much booze in our system. And I think it just shows you just the dangers of uh, booze. And like I say, I know. We don't want to talk about it in Kentucky because that's a money crop. But at the same time, it's true. And are you there? Yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you could line up. Uh, you could line up a lot of human beings that, is, that have died as a result of too much bourbon. So I just think it's a, an example of uh, the, the seriousness about the the uh, detrimental uh, effects of uh, bourbon. And I don't know, I know Kentucky's proud, but uh, I'm glad I live in Indiana because we don't, <clears throat> we have some, but we don't brag about it. Well, so anyway, I don't want to be a killjoy, but uh, I just think that it's a good example to human beings about the dangers of too much alcohol. The fish kill is the example. Well, I will tell you this, George, as a Kentuckian, I look at it differently. Uh, It is a good industry. It's one that people who drink responsibly truly enjoy. It's one of life's pleasures if you don't overdo it. Um, And it is a tremendous boon to our economy. And by and large, I would have to say across the board, the bourbon industry is are a very good corporate citizens and do a lot of good things for the Commonwealth. So I guess uh, one man's meat's another man's poison is what I would say to in answer to what you said there. Let's go to Mike, who's been holding on. Hey, Mike, you're up. Mike, hey, you there? good evening. How are you? I'm doing fine. Hi. Are me okay? Yes, sir. Good. Hey, couple of things with all due respect to the first caller it was the uh, oxygen depletion uh from that alcohol that killed the fish not it's a totally different uh, physiologic process that's true in, in, uh, that's uh anyway uh the the th- the question i had uh, although the tragic uh, fish kill i'm wondering if it is an opportunity i think the state of kentucky has done a marvelous job reintroducing native species to the waterways and and, 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 and different uh, wildlife. And I'm wondering if it could be an opportunity to maybe restock some of the native or indigenous species. I I was blown away to hear the commissioner Spusky in the Kentucky River. I had no idea. Yeah, actually, Uh, there's quite a few muskies, especially up in that stretch up towards Frankfurt and above. They've they've really taken hold. And I, I can assure you, Mike, from talking to Commissioner Storm uh, throughout this process, that they have their eye on that, and they will be looking at reintroducing fish like the muskie. Uh, there was sturgeon in that kill. That's a fish that uh, is is 
rare and valuable, and they will be doing everything they can to replenish those stocks within whatever they can monetarily and physically do. Jim, just to follow up, uh, I, got, I spent all day, I uh, had a great day on the Ohio River. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, I'm a native Kentuckian, but I uh, uh, live outside of Louisville now. But um, I'm wondering if you have on your plans any shows on uh, our guests uh, specializing in fishing the Ohio. Well, we just had one on. Uh, uh, Wes Thomas, bass Art. fisherman, was on. We talked about fishing the Ohio River, and I do uh, news briefs on it from time to time, and we're going to have some folks on to talk about catfish fishing in the Ohio River here in the next few weeks. So uh, hopefully that will help round out the kind of information that you're looking for. Hey, I appreciate all your efforts and everything you do for uh, Kentucky wildlife and Kentucky sportsmen. Well, Mike, it's it's. All because of you folks. You know, without listeners, I don't have a program, and you all have, through the years have been extremely kind to me, and, and uh, I do everything I can to keep you abreast of things and, and get the information out to you the best way I know how. So thank you. I appreciate that. Let's go to Gary. Gary, we got about two minutes here. What have you got? Yeah, I'm a, uh, I ain't been listening to you too long, but I enjoy the show and stuff. i got about three questions to ask you. How did it uh, did it kill off all the crawdads in the river and the smaller aquatic life, or did it just get the big stuff? No, it, it was a pretty pervasive kill. But as uh, the commissioner mentioned, he was amazed how many crawfish he observed crawling up out of the water uh, in an effort to survive. And of course, crawfish can exist that yeah. way. And the good thing about those kind of situations is that that flushed itself fairly rapidly because of the current flow if this had occurred in a drought-like situation it would have been uh, much more catastrophic than it already is and i don't mean to minimize it it is a horrible situation but it could have been worse yeah and uh i'm going to ask you another question uh like jim being down here at new haven they uh they give you soft and stuff like that they call it soft it's like that corn, barley, and stuff that they, they after they get them processing and stuff. And it's uh, farmers around here feeding their cattle. Right. And I was going to start feeding. I was going to say, I got about, I got anywhere from 15 to 100 beers. Gary, hey, Gary, I'm up against hard news break. Can you hang on? Yeah. Okay. If you'll hang on, sir, I'll try to. Answer whatever your question is going to be out of that. Folks, we got to go to break here. It is presented by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. Check them out. M O P H A R T Realty.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.